Hello everyone, welcome to INE Live. I'm your host, Crystal Seals, Communications Specialist here at INE. Happy Cybersecurity Awareness Month. This month we've covered red teams, blue teams, and purple teams in our content, but there are a lot more colors in between. First, as we do each time we stream on INE Live, I want to let you know that we are streaming live right now on social media across all of our platforms. That's LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Be sure to like and subscribe on the platform that you're using right now and all of our other ones so that you can stay in the loop when we go live. We want you to get involved, so make sure that you talk to others. We have a community here at INE. We love to see your comments. And our team is monitoring the chat. Hi. If you have a comment, drop it in the chat, but if you have a question, make sure you start that with a cue at the beginning so that we can find them. So we'll try to get to as many of those questions as we can, and we'd love to hear from you today. Today, we are joined by INE's Director of Cybersecurity Content, Jack Greedy. Jack, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Crystal. It's always a good time. Always a good time. So always. We, we talk about all of these different colors, and before that, I just thought that it was like, you know, Power Rangers with all the different colors. So I'm learning a lot today, <laughs> now that you know about the, the different colors of the teams. And I know that there's been a lot of talk about red and purple and blue teams in cybersecurity, but we were describing, you know, a couple other colors that we have too. So can you introduce some of the new colors with us and, and how they are and what they do? And do you take the primary colors and mix them together, red, yellow, make orange, how does that work? <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. So obviously everyone's really familiar with red and blue team. Um, it's something that you frequently hear, you'll even find on things like job postings, you know, red team analyst or things like that. What a lot of people aren't aware of though is that there's a secondary thing called a, or a third thing called a yellow team. What that is, is it's a builder, if you will. So you have red, which is attack, blue, which is defend, and yellow being builders. Now, a lot of times this, this is coming from a couple things. So one, the colors come from a military management background. I've been trying to find the source all week, actually, like the actual true source. Best I could find is military doctrine, and I still have not been able to find the origination. However, speaking of that, it branches off of to the color wheel that we're going to be talking about today from a paper submitted in 2017 to Black Hat USA by, and I want to make sure I get her name correctly and say it just right, April C. Wright, it's called Orange is the New Purple, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Orange <laughs> is the New Purple by April C. Wright, and it was Black Hat 2017. I want to make sure I give credit where credit is due there, right? Um, having said that, though, she expounds upon the idea and basically described the idea of attack, defend, and build in a mannerism of job roles versus what we would think of as job responsibilities or um, collaborative efforts. Cool. So I know you spoke a little bit about the, the red and the purple and, and the blue. Those are the ones that we've tackled here um, with our content that we talked about a little bit more. So why are those the only ones that we hear about or the ones that we hear about the most? Gotcha. So one of the reasons there is because the yellow team is generally associated with, as in build, is associated with two types of enterprise networks. So it's either going to be your IT, IT team and your staff that is building the building out the, you know, capabilities and effects and configurations of how business is done on a day to day basis between both the business systems, as well as the employee um, interactions. And then also you 
you also get SDLC or the development lifecycle for software, or you also hear it as the devs, uh, DevSecOps, things like that, that will also fall under Yellow Team. Either way, you generally don't hear about it a lot because people are like, oh, that's just IT. That's just administration. And with this color wheel, it is more of a thought process, if you will, or a theory of coverage um, towards the security modeling. It's not necessarily uh, hard and fast rules that everything falls into this and everything falls into that. What you will find, like we talked about with the blue and the red teams, is a lot of jobs lump summed underneath the three primary colors being red, blue, and yellow. Um, and then some blending in between there. Sometimes there's job roles, sometimes there's not, but we can, you know, we'll get to that. Sure. And part of that is like, can you describe the colors that are on the color wheel? Like in kindergarten, we fought over the red crayon because it did the most. So can you describe those colors and like give an example of a couple of the roles that you would expect to find in the field? Yeah, absolutely. So the the colors, like I said, we started off with the red, the blue, and then the yellow. In this case, Let's just start with, we'll start with red and work our way around. So red would be attack. It's the particular type of penetration testing, threat emulation, threat specialist, uh, threat analyst, intelligence analyst. We can keep going down the wheel, but those particular roles and jobs deal specifically with the attackers in the wild, the current, currently what they're doing, what they've done previously. Um, and uh, from any type of mindset, what the threat would be that involves either emulating or being an expert in their behaviors and patterns. Let's move around the wheel towards the purple. Now the purple is the coagulation between red and blue. And in that, blue being defense. But when you get to purple, what you're looking at is more so a concept of red and blue working together with a betterment or, if you will, discovery or auditing of the discovery tools and mindsets and capabilities that you have both with red and blue. Now purple's gotten a lot more um, exposure in the last couple of years because of threat hunting, which is, having done it, an amazing job. If you're not familiar with threat hunting, it's where you go and you proactively look for attackers in a meaningful way if they have bypassed your security controls. So you both try and find gaps in your security controls as well as find evidence in assumed breach and see if you can find the actual attackers themselves, people that may have compromised your network. Um, moving around there, you go into the blue, which is defensive. This was extremely popular as uh, digital forensics, incident response, any form of protective operations that you'll have within an enterprise environment. A lot of jobs, a lot of work, a lot of things to be done there. And then we'll go to the back half of this wheel, which is the green, the yellow, and the orange. A lot of the colors that people don't hear a lot about. So we're going to start in the yellow and skip one for a second. Yellow, as I described, was build in this case or in a lot of cases, it's utilized as IT infrastructure, IT types of um, equipment and things like that. However, as we have learned from both DevSecOps, um, you know, any form of SDLC, any form of even IT enterprise, security needs to be involved in day one of the operations to be effective, at least to be scalably effective. That's where you create the frameworks and the foundations and the policies and the processes hand in hand with IT in order to actually make sure that they are effective, they are redundant, they are uh, you know, um, user-friendly. IT will ultimately have the say on that. 
And that's where you get a really great relationship going. Now, what type of roles would you expect to find there? Things like information security engineer or cybersecurity engineer. You could definitely find some forms of architect in there. So, you know, cybersecurity architect or um, other form, other job roles like that, where you're working hand in hand to ensure that the solutions that are being engineered or built are up to par and work for the business operations. Now, branching back a little bit, I talked about green roles. Green roles are engineers that build towards the defensive knowledge or capabilities. So you might have somebody that would be theoretically doing green team type of work, and that's because they are building with the IT the backing capabilities of your detection, monitoring, or whatever processes. It can also refer to things such as, you know, somebody that's testing any new applications that are built within your life cycle of, you know, creating things in your business. It's just it's very specific to whatever the business need is, but that's where you're basically, you're helping to engineer and build based on your knowledge of what the defensive capabilities, operations, and measurements are. In that, that's where you'll actually find, truly find, if we're gonna break this down, DevSecOps or defensive security operations, individuals that deal with hands-on very frequently, application creation, um, security built into existing app projects, or individuals that are gathering, collecting, and centralizing data or the instant response team to actually utilize in a strategic manner to identify, you know, activities, alerts, or um, adversaries that have compromised the network. Skipping over yellow again and going back up towards red, we'll have orange, the combination of the two. And in those types of mindsets, you can have red people that build the red team toolkits. You know, somebody's got to be there to, to keep and maintain the Metasploit framework. That would be considered a red team job because you're building towards the... Um, in you know, the enablement of the adversary or to act like the adversary. You can also take a look at that. And that's where I would put things like threat intelligence. If you are centralizing and gathering threat intelligence and combining it in a meaningful way and engineering the solutions around that, I would consider that to be orange team type of roles. And with those, one of the jobs that you would find in, like I said, yellow, red, blue, blue, Blue being instant response penetration testers. Actually, I think I covered the jobs already. Sorry. <laughs> kind of ran off on a tangent there. Oh, no. <laughs> we love tangents. We love tangents. <laughs> so looking at those roles that we kind of discussed, um, how would you recommend these types of roles or team considerations to be applied at a scale? Like, would this work for every small business or is it just for larger businesses? How does that work? So at scale, this is... This seems sounds extremely complex and realistically it is an extremely high 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 level overview of the types of roles and availability and organization of different forms of skill sets and capabilities now does every company need this no not at all you don't necessarily need somebody in you know, six different people to run a cybersecurity team, seven different people to run a cybersecurity team. You don't necessarily need to have a representative working every single role, every single skill. In this, you can also, I mean, there's a very fair argument to say that purple team, green team, and orange team is more, like I said, a mindset. It's not necessarily a role that somebody has to sit in. It's just more so the collaborations between primary functionality. 
as we know with small business, not every small business needs a red team. Not every small business needs a penetration tester to go and frequently hack their, you know, enterprise environment. So when you're talking about smaller scale companies, first and foremost, they generally start with the yellow team functionality of build. We need assets for our employees to communicate on. And we need some form of governance in there to monitor or, um, you know, control the assets in a reasonable way that reduces the risk to the company. So surprisingly enough, yellow, though it's never talked about or even addressed as the yellow team is one of the core functionalities of business. With that, you talk about what's the next one that's usually branched out to, it goes to blue. Generally speaking, somebody will work in the blue area, blue side of things. And what you'll find is you'll find somebody working actually more in a green skill set because they'll be building, monitoring, and then uh, working with the tools directly themselves in the enterprise environment. So you have starting up with a small business, yellow, and then you kind of find that they'll wrap all the way around from yellow, all the way around the wheel, all the way back towards yellow again, meaning that they'll go to green, then they'll actually go blue, they'll stand up an instant response and security operations team. After that, they want to go, oh, I want a purple team, or I want threat hunting, I want somebody to be proactive. So they'll train somebody up or hire somebody that knows red team or knows how to do penetration testing or is familiar enough with it that they can actually utilize purple team or threat hunting skill sets, either or, because they are two different things, um, then you'll see that they'll advance all the way to um, things like, oh, what do you call it? Then penetration testing, red team, tool sets. If that penetration as the team, you know, as the, the uh, company itself is growing larger and larger. So then you have penetration testing teams that they'll build. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, well, we can actually start getting this threat intelligence in and use this threat intelligence plus the red team, plus everything that's going in there. And that's by the time you move around the circle. And that's, that's a very large approximation. Obviously, certain companies will prioritize certain things over certain time, things like that. Um, but with that approximation, you actually can see that if you do have all aspects, it's an extremely mature operational standpoint that you're working in, right? Is that necessary, like I said, though, for small business? No. And there's are still ways, though, that you can meet, depending on the size of your business, you can meet these requirements. Things like, um, oh, what do you call it? Uh, MSSPs, so managed security services providers. Those can be the gap, you know, the stopgap or the gap fill for not having all aspects of this team functionality, in which case you would either have somebody on the yellow, green, or blue side that would coordinate anything that the MSSPs found for you from either a red, purple, or blue side as well. And then it, it can even include orange if they have threat intelligence options. And with all of that combined together, you have the uh, capacity to understand, you know, um, and see in a transparent manner, all of your potential gaps in your cybersecurity policy and your output. Um, but yeah, I think I think that while it is a wonderful thought process, it does represent actual jobs and actual roles and skill sets in the industry. It doesn't necessarily, it's not a requirement. And like I said, until you get into very, very large instances, for example, I've only met a handful of people that have actually held the role threat hunter or purple team lead 
very small subset and they all usually either generally work for MSSPs or very large SOC teams in very large enterprise organizations. Wow, that, that's a whole lot of information there. And um, there's a question that's also in the chat from Rianne, and she wants to know how would you recommend some, to someone who is unsure of what COLA they should pursue in cybersecurity? So if I'm a new student, how would mm -hmm. I, I know which one that I wanted to go to? How would I pick the right team for me? Oh, yeah, that's excellent. Um, so one of the things there is that I actually forgot to mention is that what's nice about knowing and understanding what the yellow, red, and blue team models are mm -hmm. is that each has a very specific type of skill set. So when you're talking yellow, you're talking engineering, building IT functionality with a security mindset. When you're talking blue, you're talking about defensive operations and working within the Incident response, digital forensics. You're 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 reviewing and identifying actions after they've occurred, and then in the red team, you're you know exploiting vulnerabilities, identifying vulnerabilities. Bug bounty program would be in there, things like that too. So, I mean, I might even work on a paper on that. Actually, breaking down the differences in job roles for each color. That sounds like an interesting use of some spare time. But note to uh, there. yeah, note to self <laughs> there, right? Um, having said that, obviously bias, but INE has wonderful, wonderful training courses on all of these capable on all these uh, actions that would fall underneath. We have wonderful networking information. We're also working on some new management course management level courses as well, which would describe the use of red, blue, uh, and yellow together, and this nice blend between the two. So. Basically, you can start with PTS, identify whether or not you want to or you enjoy doing the hacking. If not, take a look at some of the blue team stuff. You might enjoy actually trying to put the puzzle together. That is, once the attackers have attacked, what did this whole thing look at look like whenever you start doing timeline reporting and, um, you know, analysis of an actual incident? If not, Maybe you're a Cisco person or you enjoy servers and maybe you just enjoy building the technology and making it all work together in a cohesive ecosystem that's necessary for, you know, and, and uh, prioritizes the business needs. So there's a, and that is a really difficult part of entering your cybersecurity career, right? I definitely am a proponent of, you know, don't say, how do I get into cybersecurity? More so ask about how do I become a penetration tester? How do I work in instant response? How do I, you know, start working um, help desk or system administration or something like that? Um, how do you know what's right for you though? Start working on labs, start taking a couple classes. I need definitely, um, when you gain access to our lab environment, our, our offerings, you have a multitude of choices available for you to test out, try, see what you like, find out what you like. And then from there, I've previously talked on INE Live where you can look at um, once you decide on what role you want or what job field you want, how to actually plan the return on investment and putting timelines to how long it's going to take you to really study and get your first job in cybersecurity, which I believe uh, we have those up on our YouTube as well for the INE Live. So take a look. 
That's right. And if you are interested in getting into cybersecurity, we always have our starter pass that is free for you to try. That way you'll know which path you want to take and if there's a color that you're interested in. So we do have a few questions in our chat. Again, if you have a question for Jack, make sure that you put that into our chat with the queue so that I can find them and you can ask your questions. Um, one of the ones that I saw here, I read a long time ago about red hat, white hat, blue, or black hat, sorry. Is there a parallelism with the red, blue, and purple team in any way? Uh, so, yes, it's sort of yes, no, not really. <laughs> um, it's odd. So red hat is a form of Linux. It's a Linux distribution, red hat enterprise Linux, so rel. Um, not exactly any type of job. Well, I mean, you could be a Red Hat administrator, but doesn't actually format or functionally adapt to the Red Team. Now, White Hat, Gray Hat, Black Hat, that refers to the legality of your interactions as an attacker or a hacker, if you will, if you do penetration testing. Black Hat being fully illegal, White Hat being you know, legal, authorized, and gray hat being somewhere in between, dependent upon the situation and scenario. Um, then you also have white box, black box, and gray box penetration testing, which refers to how much information you know about the target ahead of time. Black box being that you have no idea, it's completely blacked out to you, and you have no idea what that uh, box looks like. Uh, gray means that you're given very little information about the environment, but enough that you can start poking and prodding. And white being that you have engineering diagrams, you've worked with the, you know, the engineering and team, you have somebody on the inside that's letting you know a lot of information about what you're trying to attack. And that's just so that way, sometimes we do that to either um, save time for the attacking team, which saves money, obviously. Um, as well as if we have a very specific type of process or, um, you know, software or system that we want tested, we might give them some of the, um, a clear path to that just to fully test that system. You know, we might give them a door in just to go, Hey, I really want you, I really want you to focus on this instead of the rest of it. You know what I mean? Definitely, there's another question that is here from YouTube. For someone mm -hmm. trying to switch to cybersecurity, any roadmap or guidance to kickstart their career as a yellow team member? Ooh, yellow team, excellent. Um, yeah, look for system administration roles. S focus in on anything that is saying that you'll be dealing with firewalls, um, any forms of uh, network ACLs or rule sets, or if you'll be dealing with any type of security administration software. Because once you learn the bare basics of what the security administration software is, and you're an enterprise manager of that stuff, um, it's very easy for you to know the ins and outs of that stuff and become very good at engineering stuff. So I personally started out, again, also a little biased there, <laughs> but I started off as a network administrator whenever I was in... Um, the Marine Corps, and it was a network slash server role. I would do some server work, but primarily I dealt with Cisco configurations and networking and very familiar actually with uh, some of INE's offerings because of that from a long time ago. 
Having said that, um, I pivoted from there to network security monitoring as an analyst. And I both administrated the tool sets and installed them onto Cisco devices. And then I would analyze the tool sets and the data and the packets that were pulled and copied off of that information. From there, I went back and I learned about uh, host-based analytics, so you know Windows and Linux devices, as well as digital forensics, and that's where I pivoted into incident response. Um, so when it comes time for me to act as an engineer, I really do understand the job really well, having you know previously been in charge of multi-thousand tenant or not tenant uh, user instances where I was configuring networks and you know building out server installations and things like that all the way back when I was an engineer and working what I would call yellow team. Awesome. I know that I know a whole lot more about the colors too. I'm, I'm like you, Leslie. I do know a little bit more about the color wheel and how that correlates with cybersecurity. Again, guys, if you have a question, you can drop that into the chat with a cue so that we can find you. But it looks like we may be out of them for right now. Is there any last messages that you want to make sure that people know about cybersecurity colors? Well, I mean, I think that one of the things to be considered about with cybersecurity and the colors, and what I, one of the things that I hear a lot of times is that people will say, I want to be a threat hunter, mm -hmm. which is, falls on, it's a role that can fall under purple too. I've also heard people like, I want to be um, an engineer, I want to be a vulnerability analyst and things like that. And while I am being very specific in saying that usually you'll find your starting roles in red, blue, and yellow, it doesn't mean that they don't exist in other places. They're just going to be harder to find because usually what you're looking for when you're talking the blend of colors is a little bit of understanding and expertise in both sides of that color to work in that role and, you know, bring those job skills together. Mm -hmm. Also keep in mind that you might be working in, so you, it's very easy to be a penetration tester that works with the defensive team members and shows them how things, you know, did or did not work. You can still have the, you know, you could still be an instant responder and have that title, but work as a threat hunter because you have full access to the logs already, right? So if you're looking for your first job and you want to be a, I want to be, you know, a intelligence analyst, or I want to be a threat hunter, or I want to be X, Y, and Z, don't be afraid to really read in the details of those job roles, of those skill sets, of those types of things, and then look look for an instant response rule that does threat hunting as part of the requirements. Because like I said, this really isn't purple team, green team, orange team. That doesn't really necessarily mean that they are teams. I know they say teams. I know that's a bit of a misnomer in the taxonomy. I get that. But it a lot of times it's more so a mindset about being the person that coordinates with the red team to improve what we're seeing and doing or vice versa, you know, an engineer working with a blue team member to make sure that the engineering is effective and has security in there. Right. Um, and we are working towards helping to both publish some of this as well as tie it into, we talked about this in during IE live earlier this year, and we're working on career paths that will, um, you know, hopefully illustrate some of this stuff in a more visual pattern to let you guys really understand and show and plan out and utilize the time and the effort to see where you're 
plans and your training will lend, lead to and end up for you. So that way you're better informed as an individual or user. I'm glad that you mentioned roles. We had a question from BSEC on YouTube. Is there a color that pertains to cybersecurity management roles? Yeah, so thank you for bringing that up, BSEC, because I actually forgot completely in there. <laughs> so it's called White Team, and it is, the idealism behind there is that one, when you're talking about the roles, as I said, it usually came back from a management or military mindset. And the white team is a common topic and is it is defined, actually that one is well-defined, as the oversight, the management, or the, um, if you will, the referee of the engagements because red and blue team originally was utilized as war training scenarios. Uh, you can actually see them in some old military movies where you'll have red versus blue and they'll be wearing tags on their collars or their shirts or something like that where it actually has the red and the blue and everything else like that. And the yellow would be the people that were coordinating these war games. And the white would be representative of the training staff that was just making sure that everything was met up and people were talking. And usually even when you were practicing this stuff, white team had all the answers. Because now with that, I would like to say that this whole color wheel, if you look at this from a prismatic lens, the combination comes together and you will find that white, when it's split, like white light, when it's split, actually is what breaks out into the color rainbow. So white being the core functionality of everything. In that, that's where the management is. A management should understand a little bit about red, should understand a little bit about blue and yellow. It might have their primary, you know, fixture because of the way that they came up in their career or their experience, but still, they should understand all the roles, the necessary, necessary, necessary parts of those roles. I swear, coffee will kick in at some point. Um, <laughs> the and with that, they will. They are the blend of all the teams, in order to command and control and ensure that the management occurs in a meaningful way. Um, even uh, like I said, this is the right color wheel, and um, she did describe that the. Uh, that's where she generally worked when she wrote this whole thing out and was describing it in the attack versus the defenders versus the build uh, modeling. She said that I, generally I sit in the white team area. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just managing and making sure all the teams are talking to each other and things like that. Um, but very important role and very important skill set and one that we're also going to take a look at building into the career paths. Great. I'm looking forward to having that all built in. It'll be great to see more of the teams. And I'm still very disappointed that that had no correlation to the Power Rangers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one more question from YouTube, Jack. Have you noticed a growing need for cyber professionals in recent years? And has COVID impacted the job market at all? Yeah, I'm going to be careful with that C word. Uh, there was some, uh, anyway, I'm, YouTube can be a pain sometimes. Um, I, yeah, you know, I would say that there is definitely a growing need. Uh, there's a massive need. And on top of that, what I've seen more of is not only a need, but a greater willingness for employers to employ from work from home scenarios very frequently. I can off the top of my head, I can think of the, like five or six individual companies that previously, you know, were, had to be in the office to work. With that as the effect, it it has forced a lot of them to go work from home, 
which may seem, you know, like it's great and it's excellent, but it's really great as a hiring manager, be able to look nationwide for, a, you know, a talent pool as opposed to just, hey, are you willing to move, relocate to this particular city? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I, I don't live near INE um, headquarters and it was a <laughs> bonus for me to, you know, yeah, you know, work from home when I can. It's nothing like getting work done in your pajamas. So I, I mean, as is, I'm in I'm in New York right now, whereas you know, INE is based out of North Carolina. I love it. Right. Um, right. M- most of our instructor staff, in fact, I don't think any of us live near in near or in North Carolina, and that's fine because that gives us a wider breadth of experts to work with and engage and be a part of. And I think it's really positive for our skill sets and our diversity to be able to open up the doors and, you know, grab everybody from everywhere that wants it, you know? Right. Um, and with that, I, uh, I, I've not only seen the availability interrupt. Yes. There's a lot more. It seems like there's a lot more job roles, even for the starter groups. I've seen a lot of companies that have openly posted entry level roles that they'll call junior something. And those junior level roles don't have a four year requirement anymore. They aren't specifically naming certifications and they're saying like, look, this is for your opportunity to come and give it a try and we will work with you and we'll train you if you're willing for it while we ask that you have a little bit of knowledge ahead of time and you can show so, which is the type of thing you'll get from us. Right. That's the beauty of our systems here at INE that you can come in and not have that experience before but by going through our classes and courses and our great boot camps you can become a professional in any time and you can do it on your own time you don't have to kind of rush and go through a syllabus and sit in front of a professor and wait you have your own time you can study when you want to in your pajamas as I like to usually work so (laughs) that's one of the beauties of being from home and picking when you get into the market you can definitely jump in whenever you need to and and I need does help you with that again get our starter pack oh I love it and I yeah I think so because it's not only that where I can tell you with the new content that's coming out uh, we just dropped a couple courses this month as well as uh, got some more in the works and we're aiming for really good video time frames trying to keep them nice and you know um, about no more than half an hour more videos but still half an hour worth of nice clips and that way that you know it's much more ingestible much more um much greater well well how how would i say this focus right on use of time there because you know everyone's time is important one resource we can't make up right so we want to make sure that it's you know uh value added constant constant value added right you can't get that back <laughs> so you want to make sure that you use it in the best ways possible yeah, that's the that you know that's the goal. That's the point. That's yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> well, it seems like that wraps. Oh wait, there's one more question. Are there certifications focused specifically on red, blue, and purple teams, or all are or are all certs <laughs> all inclusive? So certifications generally aren't all inclusive. Um, they usually will have a list of outcomes that you should be able to download from the certification authority site, including ours. And those outcomes will show what you are or are not looking for. What I've previously talked about is once you identify the role that you want to do. So for example, let's say, um, I want to be a penetration tester. Mm -hmm. What you can do is you can go and grab 
five, ten different job recs that have that you know skill set or, or as a requirement penetration testing. So you can either do like red team member or penetration tester, and you grab ten of those, lump sum all the descriptions, qualities, and qualifications together, loop them up into one solid summary statement per each characteristic. So let's just say you have to be able to understand vulnerabilities. You have to be able to conduct a penetration test and you have to be able to, I don't know, um, interact with a Linux environment. Okay. Let's just say you see that 10 times each across every single one of the job rules that you pulled together. So you would mark those as 10 and you start going through that. And each time that you have this list of summary requirements from qualifications or whatever, and you start grouping them together for 10 different roles, you'll start to find an average of skill sets that is required for every single one of the job roles, or that's required for, you know, eight out of 10, or five out of 10, or three out of 10. Once you assign that quantitative number to them after summarizing everything, you'll straight up see like, I must do this. Everyone requires that I have this capability and skill set. So with that, you'll be able to go, okay, now that I know that I need that skill set, what certifications are there to meet those that will teach me and certify that I can do that skill set? And that's how you can evaluate what are these certifications really good for me. As for um, red, blue, and purple, you generally won't find an all-encompassing type of certifications because they are separate from each other. The ability to understand vulnerabilities is a thing that links them together. But beyond that, it is the exploit, it is the scientific exploitation of vulnerabilities to emulate a known threat versus being able to detect exploited vulnerabilities and security incidents and being able to respond in a meaningful and rapid way. So with that, you will generally find multiple certifications on the penetration testing side. We have several, 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 I wanna say eight, I think it is off the top of my head, um, ver and as well as blue team. And some one of our blue team ones does cover down on purple team. But like I said, it, purple team is the combination of being able to utilize red team skill sets and throw attacks and then see what it looks like on the defensive side to either reconfigure the defensive end to detect those purple team attacks that you're sending or to reconfigure the red team attacks to where they can't be seen and by, and by doing that you're constantly sharpening up the uh, both the attack capabilities as well as the defensive capabilities so that way, when you your pen testing team is throwing attacks, they're working out of memory only. It's file lists. They you know they they are throwing you through a loop, and your defensive team can catch it. Your defensive team knows how to. The day that an actual attacker compromises your network, they're going to be really frustrated because they're caught within you know a couple minutes. That's the goal anyway. <laughs> we always want to make sure that we catch them as soon as we can. Thank you so much, yeah. Jack, for explaining all of the colors for to us. I, I know I learned a lot, and I know that there's a lot more that um, people know now that we know that there are options outside of the red and the blue and the purple that we hear the most. 
So that really wraps up our special colors of cybersecurity team stream here on INE Live. If you missed us live, look for the replay across our social media channels and on our INE website. Look for us again to be live next Tuesday, October 19th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on whatever social media platform you choose. INE's Keith Bogard will interview prolific author and network architect Russ White, PhD, about his journey to becoming a network architect and how his passion for technology can inspire you. And throughout the month of October, we'll be hosting more of these cybersecurity-specific streams in honor of Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Be sure to like and subscribe to our uh, social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and LinkedIn, so that you can stay in the loop whenever we go live. All right, everyone, enjoy your day, and happy studying. Thank you.